Hello, friends. Welcome to a special doubleheader episode of the NFT Tales podcast. Instead of our usual format this week, we are actually putting out two episodes, two special edition episodes that are interviews that we've recently sat down and had uh, as part of the podcast. First interview is a Twitter Spaces where we sat down with Pondaware devs back on the 17th of February to talk about the different media rights that are associated with the Mooncats and how those media rights can be of benefit to the Mooncat holders. The second interview is with Devoted from the Punicodes Project. Devoted is the one, if you've been listening to the podcast, that helped me originally get into Punicodes. And we sit down and talk about what Punicodes are, what name coin is, and some particular good parts of the Punicode collection. So sit back and enjoy. So our podcast is NFT Tales. And basically, uh, it's me and my friend Jeremy Craig. We get on every week and we talk about NFT news. And then I write fans fiction stories around my NFTs. And so um, if you're interested, definitely give us a subscribe. We're on all the major podcasting platforms. But that's what kind of got me into this discussion. Because as I'm looking for NFT projects to get into or like with the Mooncats, which I was already into long before I had this idea, there was the thought process of as we develop this idea and as we move into this space, what happens as I write these stories around my NFTs? Could I then maybe publish those stories? Do what I, is there some sort of legal ramifications there for that kind of usage? There's, I still feel like it's still an early uh, point in this industry having those kind of conversations. So I really appreciate the Mooncats team for jumping on with us today to, to have this discussion. But then next week, I actually have a Mooncat story slash parody that I think you'll like then, given what you've liked in my previous stories. So everyone be looking for that next week uh, for some more Mooncat love. On We publish every Tuesday. Um, we just actually had an episode last Tuesday from someone else in the Mooncat fam that we interviewed that's doing a project soon. So we're big. And if anyone's out there that's in the Mooncat fam that wants to talk with us, we love uh, engaging with this community. It's completely <gasps> Was awesome. that Plant so. Friends? I haven't listened to this week's episode. I've been too busy. Oh no! It's uh, it's uh, Jonah, Mister Numbers. He has a he's a cool oh, yeah, okay. game that he's put together. So um, my my co-host has been geeking out on it all week. He's a math type guy, and he's just been going nuts all week trying to figure out like the permutations of the numbers and all that. So it's, uh, you know, it's just fun. I love I love the space and how fun and positive everyone is. And so thank y'all very much for coming on. Uh, for people that might not be familiar, maybe they come from our side. Would you mind telling a little bit just to, uh, about what the Mooncats project is, and maybe giving a little bit of background story real quick? Sure. So I'll introduce myself really quickly, and then I will hand things over to Jerfolds because awesome. he's going to be the majority of the speaking time here. So uh, my name is Pause, otherwise known as Anna Marie. I am the community manager and organizer of things at Ponderware. Um, and so now I will hand things off to one of the co-founders. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, I'm Jerfolds, uh, OG dev. Um, really excited to be here. Thank, thanks for, for hosting this. Uh, and before I say anything else, I, I just want to say n nothing you hear today is legal advice. <laughs> um, and uh, with that out of the way, uh, I can talk a little bit about Mooncat Rescue. Uh, so Mooncat Rescue is a, a project from the the summer of 2017. And in the, the NFT you know timeline, we are after CryptoPunks, but before uh, CryptoKitties. And we initially described it as 
an exploration of user discoverable blockchain collectibles. And that's a mouthful. Uh, and, and you can just say it's the first cat NFT. Although I'm just waiting for the day that uh, Adam McBride like rings us up and he's like, I, I found a cat NFT from, from 2015. But, but that hasn't happened yet. And, and I don't think it will. Um, but, but the way the, the project worked is users would go to the site and, and click a button to, to search for moon cats. And what they were really doing in the browser was mining for a, a valid five-byte uh, cat ID representing one of the, the billions of possible moon cats. They all had different traits based off of, uh, you know, expression, pose, coat type, and whatnot. Uh, but only like 25,000 or so could be rescued to the contract. And the user got to decide whether they, they rescued that one or, or just kept uh, searching. And once you rescued it, you, you could name it. And then you could, you know, go to the marketplace, the adoption center, and, and buy and sell them. Uh, so yeah, that that that's the the gist of it. We 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 released it in August of 2017, and promotion was <laughs> not our strong suit. You could say uh, we we thought the contract and the site just spoke for itself. Uh, we didn't do too much promotion. You know, we 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 mentioned it on Twitter and, and uh, on Reddit, um, and so. You know, th there was a few thousand rescued in 2017, um, but, you know, a couple more thousand in, in 2018, and then a trickle after that. Um, and, and a lot of the Mooncats sat there for, for several years with, without being rescued. Um, but in, uh, in March of 2021, it was dug up, so to speak, and, and went viral, and all of the Mooncats were, were rescued within hours. And thanks to some help from from people like Justin and, and Alan and Midnight Lightning and a lot of other people, a thriving community just like popped up overnight. And it was suddenly part of this this bigger story uh, and narrative of, of blockchain archaeology, you know, which is now a space that, that people like Adam McBride have helped organize and, and systematize. And so Ponderware came back after that and... Uh, you know, we returned to the scene, started developing new projects, adding utility to to uh, Mooncat holders, and just trying to expand the ecosystem. Thank you very much, Jeremy. I, I want to I appreciate that, and definitely reiterate: yes, this is not legal advice. Like we're just here for an enlightening conversation. You know, before we get into that part of it, the legal side of it, I, I just have to ask you because I, I'm always talking with Jeremy. Anytime he shows me some other NFT project, and they have some sort of utility. I go. Oh, that's cute. That's kind of like how the Mooncats did it a couple months ago or something like that. I, I, it seems like Mooncats you know, are just such active developers, and there's just so much going on in the project space that it's so innovative. There's so much innovation going on around the Mooncat space, where it almost seems like y'all's personal dev sandbox for some some other huge... I don't know. Like It's just amazing how y'all keep that going. What makes Mooncats special in y'all's eyes, and what's driving this huge development force that, that makes Mooncats what it is? <laughs> yeah, so... So with all the innovation, like you got to shout out Wonder Wonder and Midnight Lightning for for leading that. You know, it's great working with them. Uh, you never know what they're going to come up with next because they're they're just really creative and intelligent. And and generally, shout out to the rest of the team, including Anna Marie, who's here. Like, there's you, we grew from two to nine people, and there's so much talent and creativity now that it's it's a lot of fun. Um, but I, in general, Pandora's perspective on on adding utility is is just to build like new, uh, fun, exciting, innovative products and, and also empower the community to, to create and, and empower them to add utility as well. And, and like what's special to me about that is, is all of the experimentation. Um, 
you know, we set out to do this. It was really an exploration uh, of something new that could happen that that blockchain allowed, uh, you know, to participate in the the reimagination of what a collectible is, you know, what a community is, what it means to sell or to own art. And there's still just so much room in Web3 to experiment. Uh, and I'm, I'm just really grateful this space exists and, and Mooncats has a, has a place in all of that experimentation. I would argue at this point that Mooncats is an ecosystem as much as it is a straightforward NFT project. How many people have built on it? How much creativity comes around the accessories and all that? I feel like there's some innovation still out there, especially like being on chain and all that, that a lot of projects will be getting into in the future. It's very forward thinking. But let's get into the legal side of things. So the original Mooncat legal page the from the 2017 launch and from that time period didn't really have, there wasn't really one. I went and looked through it. I couldn't find like the framework on that original page, but on the Mooncat community page, whenever that was launched, almost from the moment it was launched, maybe it was, there was very clear rights. There's the Mooncat license on there. Was NFT ownership something you were even thinking about in 2017? And then how did those plans change whenever the project was rediscovered and this community site was put together? (laughs) Yeah, so you're not going to find anything uh, on the original site uh, because we we weren't really thinking about it. Uh, we weren't thinking that Mooncat owners would want to commercialize, you know, their Mooncat image. And it's actually very unclear, like what people were receiving when they rescued a Mooncat. You know, there's probably some implicit non-commercial license there, um, but it's in the end, it's not clear, and we didn't really consider detailing it out. Um, I don't have the exact date that the uh, the license dropped, but that was one of our priorities after rediscovery, uh, because what changed was the the community expressed interests in in having commercial rights to those images, and you know under U.S. intellectual property law, uh, if the creator of IP doesn't give you any rights, you don't get any rights. So you know we didn't just arbitrarily dream up uh, a, a license, but it was more of a codification of the rights that the community expressed. And it was a recognition of the community's point of view on what the transaction was. And also just just like using NFTs to convey these rights is is really cool. And so that was, you know, upper alley. Um, but I can I can take a second to discuss the the license. Um, yeah, let's do that. Cool. It, it's it's a very permissive license. Um, there's basically one critical restriction, and that is you cannot separate the license from the Mooncat. So if this was like a full assignment of IP, you know, if you owned that IP, you could just sell it off chain. And then the the record on chain becomes meaningless in terms of having any rights. And then you can't, you know, guarantee that future Mooncat holders have any rights at all. Um, so the license aims to, to, to be as permissive as possible while still tying those rights to the, the ledger in the original smart contract. Um, and, you know, it allows Mooncat owners to use their Mooncat for personal use, for commercial use. There's no cap on, on commercial monetization. Um, you can make as much money as you want. Uh, and you can even uh, create derivative works and you can commercialize those. You can sublicense it out to other parties if you want to. But again, the critical thing is like when you sell your Mooncat, you're giving up all of those rights. And that way the next owner is able to benefit as well. And so one thing on that, you talked about how the, the, the rights were kind of made after the fact. So just, you know, from your point of view, from your, uh, 
did, did, are those being applied retroactively? That, that that is kind of an interesting space where when the mint happened, it's a different situation now. Now that the license is in place, and so what is what is your interpretation of that? Is it grandfathered sure. in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as far as retroactive application goes, the license is only more permissive than any implicit license Mooncat owners might have had before. And and so the license enshrines all of those rights for Mooncat owners. Otherwise, the rights are really murky. Uh, and at worst, there are no rights. So, you know, if it would be really difficult for a Mooncat owner without the license to enforce whatever rights they thought they had. And it would have left a lot of discretion to the state to make a determination, which really means going to the justice system and just rolling the dice. And the more that you ignore traditional legal systems, the more uncertainty exists in how like they'll they'll treat the license or the the project that you you know you claim is there. Uh, you can imagine someone being in front of a judge trying to say like, no, 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 but but I went to this site and it's, there's a blockchain and I have an address on it and. Like I, I rescued this moon cat and there's these five bytes of data. And when I run them through this parser, which is hashed in the contract, by the way, like it gives me all of these rights uh, that, you know, who knows what happens there. Uh, so this really, the license is uh, <laughs> a way to give rights that might not have existed before, like, and definitely commercial rights. You know, I don't think any court would have found a commercial right existed um, without the license. Um, and as far as notice goes, like it's it's posted in several places. We have it on Mooncat.community, uh, the acclimated collection page on on any marketplace like OpenSea, the individual Mooncats page uh, in marketplaces. But most importantly, it's in the metadata for all acclimated Mooncats, and so it's the idea that embedding a license in the official metadata of the NFT is an effective means of giving notice to any new buyers. So when someone buys an acclimated mooncat. In essence, they're buying the license to that that mooncat image. Um, so there's a there's a pitch in there to to acclimate your mooncat um, if you're worried about being challenged for for commercial use or you want to enforce that against someone who might be you know contravening your rights under the license. So there's two pieces there, and we'll definitely delve into both of it. Part of it is like what you're talking about, where does the legal system actually meet these licenses and but where it comes together. But before we get into that, one thing that you're talking about that I kind of want to get into is, so I read a lot of these websites with that is my primary intention. As I'm looking at new projects, I'm looking at new IOs to go into, there's a process where I go and I find that legal language. And so I've, at this point, I probably read about, I don't know, a couple dozen different NFT project websites. And there's a different range going on here. Um, and I, and I really, part of the reason I'm happy to have this, I'm so excited to do this spaces with y'all is I feel like Mooncats after seeing a lot of different sites has the highest bar. There's very clear legal term. There's a very clear license. There's even a boiled down page that gives you exactly like you've done, like the too long didn't read version of it's the, that tells you what the, the, what the intention is and what you should, you know, what you get out of it and less legalese terms. A lot of other sites I see. If they even mention the the legal side of it and legal usage, usually it's maybe just the more boiled down part, which I still think is okay. Because I feel like at the end of the day, because the legal world has not rolled in it, the courts haven't gotten involved. Maybe what you're talking about here in a lot of places is intention. I mean, from my standpoint, as someone to use the rights, maybe the big takeaway I would take from the Mooncat license is you won't sue me or whoever associated whatever project that does this sort of thing. There's less of an odds like the, the intention comes from it. Do you think that that is a way to interpret it? Or as you talked about, is it more about between the owners or something like that, them being able to enforce their own rights on the go forward? 
Right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an excellent question, and I think the answer is it's it's complicated. Like we we tried to give as much certainty on on the legal side as possible, but there is a legal gray area around NFTs and whether license frameworks like this even work, and whether you can just transfer a license peer to peer through an NFT. You know, what does it mean to to own an address on a blockchain and have that mapped to a token uh, in a smart contract? And uh, that's why I think like intention is also important and license is a signal to the community of what we intend and the culture that we're trying to create. Um, because give, given that blockchains are global, you're dealing with anonymous or pseudonymous people like the traditional legal system isn't always going to be available to right any wrongs. Um, even if they, they do step up to the task and recognize this. And so the community's understanding of what it means to own an NFT is is also very powerful. And I don't think it should be under, uh, underestimated. And I think it, it just deserves a lot of respect. And um, I think that these are sort of open-ended questions that uh, there has been sort of vigorous discord about, uh, discussion about in the discord, um, you know, where we've talked about what happens if you sell a derivative separate to a Mooncat. So if you own a Mooncat pop vending machine, um, that is your der- Mooncat derivative and you are making money off of it. What happens if you sell the vending machine to person A and the original Mooncat to person B? Well, technically, person B could serve up the Mooncat license to person A and say, hey, that's my derivative. You actually can't make money off of it. And, you know, we've we've sort of talked about this in a theoretical on the Discord because that hasn't happened yet. And there was someone who came to the Discord and was like, none of this is enforceable at all. There's no law that actually says this is the way that it's going to work. And that's true. We are still, uh, for for lack of a better phrasing, everybody laughs when I say this, we are very early. Um, and like most of this stuff has not made its way through the legal system yet. But we are trying to give people the best tools and our best advice. And I think that's exactly that's a fantastic way of looking at it. It's it's about be giving people the tools. You know, I, I know you all have had this the same experience whenever you're onboarding people to NFTs and you're just talking to someone who's not in the space about what an NFT is. A lot of times what they run to almost immediately is media rights. Oh, so you bought this NFT, but what does that mean? Like you get to sue someone if they use it or they use it at, like they immediately like that's the, the the ownership for a digital I- asset for IP that we're already kind of comfortable with in a culture. And so it's really kind of disjointed whenever you go, no, actually, for this project, all I own is a little piece of the blockchain because of what they have is their rights laid out. They actually don't give me any rights because they're making a game off it or something. All right. You know, (laughs) that's something that is definitely hard for the regular person to split. So I personally think it's really important to keep them together, if nothing else, to kind of move the space forward, because that's where the expectation is. Overall, does Pondaware feel like media rights being tied to this is important or as like we go into these more corporate NFTs? where like an Atari or Konami's pop crank out NFTs and you know, you're not going to get like the little, <laughs> you, you're not going to own little space invader ship or whatever, right? Like that's right. theirs forever. Like, do, do, what, is it, you know, the, the market determines the value, but where, where do y'all stand? Do y'all think that these things should be tied together? I, yeah. I think I'm going to let cheerfuls tackle that one in particular. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think in general, like it's, it's very important for moon cats. Um, and I'm really excited to, to see NFTs with meteorites. Um, I'm not really sure if there's um, one particular way or another that it should be done. I think blockchains just just give us a lot of tools. 
Like we can find new ways to create and participate in communities, sell and share art, build and use products. Um, so I'd, I'd hesitate to say like, we have to do it one way. Um, like, is there value in owning an NFT of an image of Pac-Man that doesn't do anything else? Like probably for someone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, that will be valuable to them. Um, but uh, definitely for Mooncats and, and our community, it, it is a very important pillar. And I think that's great. We see so much uh, creativity around the community. And I personally feel like the, having these rights in place, I don't know, at least me as a creator, you know, trying to make these stories and we're trying to launch a little, you know, the podcast project. Like it's big for us to be able to use, by, use my Mooncats, have creativity around that and not be held back by, oh, but I don't own the rights to this particular thing. I mean, I've read some of these sites. And it's almost mean-spirited as far as what they carve out and all that. And I'm not, you're right. There's not a wrong way. There's not a right way. Every project's got to do it their own way. I'm not trying to cast aspersions. But I feel like this is something that's quickly getting settled out, where people are going to use this to determine their own value of what they're looking in for NFT projects. We're seeing some older projects, also around the 2017 timeframe right now, are trying to have to work out what the, the legal rights are to what was already done back then, because there's a lot of value there. And you know a lot of people want to capture that value. And where does that end up? And I feel like what y'all have done in presenting these rights and giving us a Mooncat license, us as the Mooncat holders, you've really stepped up for us and given us a space to create and be that wouldn't otherwise be there. You know, kind of related to that, do you, one of the other kind of models out there is the model where kind of no one owns the rights, that creative commons model where it's just in the public domain. Um, like you see, you know, uh, the, the, the nouns or something like that, where it's that, that the creative commons license, was that something that y'all considered? And was there a particular reason why y'all went for the license type where the, the individual owners have the commercial rights? Yeah, not, not really. Uh, so Mooncat owners uh, wanted to really own something in a legal sense. And again, like the, the license is more of a codification of the community's uh, point of view from, from when we found them. There's also, you know, <laughs> given the way the project was rediscovered, uh, you know, the community really popped up overnight without the devs. And so we we really want to respect what the community thought was happening. Of course, like we didn't have to, but that's that's what we were going for. And the CC, uh, the Creative Commons model is is cool, but it just wasn't a good fit for what the community expressed interest in. But again, I'm excited to see uh, different communities experiment and pursue different models and have every community kind of be its own NFT uh, laboratory. Yeah, the and experimentation I think that's, that's part. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be the cool part of how NFTs sort of um, evolve in in the coming years, where you are going to have sort of the Larva Labs where you have no rights. You're going to have cryptodes where everybody has rights. And then I think most projects are going to be fairly similar to Mooncats, where you have a ton of rights. Um, Ponderware retains like basically one right, which is we have the right to display all 25,440 moon cats as a collection. And or we, in general as a, a collection yeah. to promote them. And, yeah. and we use that right. We actually have like this huge um, seven feet long by 10 feet tall, um, just like cloth printing with every single moon cat on it. And we take it to events for people to stand in front of and take pictures of and find their moon cat in it. It's always cool. I want that so bad now. I, I, that's so awesome. Um, uh, 
But let me ask you this then. So since y'all have that for marketing purposes, that carve out, so to speak, um, to be able to use all of them, if you didn't, then you would only be able, I guess, be able to use what's in the, the public wallet or that sort of thing. So that's very important to have that carve out. So that way y'all can make sure that the marketing centers around maybe the most popular cats, like the Genesis, the old ones, that sort of thing that people are being drawn into, right? Yeah, we we did think it was important to to carve that out to to generally promote the ecosystem. But we have uh, you know, some cats that that we use uh because we don't just go and and use anyone's mooncat image uh to do any project. So it was important for us to to go get some mooncats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's also the thing about everyone beating you to the punch on the rediscovery, right? Y'all, I, I, uh, y'all had to scramble a little bit to backfill, and we all appreciated that. We all saw it happen in real time, and y'all have done a great job keeping the the the, the track on course, so to speak. So, appreciate it. Uh, so, let's talk a little bit, if you don't mind, just a little bit broader. So, beyond just Mooncats, what you can do with the Mooncats, like in the in the overall space, I feel like this is quickly turning into a a, a growing uh item and uh, there is starting to build some consensus maybe towards I, i'm seeing more and more projects offering a mooncats type license where people have the commercial ownership they have the personal ownership of what they use but there is but it, as far as traditional art my understanding is for the most part it's the artist that usually traditionally has the rights. so recently a, a lawsuit came up where the auction house has been sold for over a million dollars because they sold a I think it was a name coin asset and the artist got paid for that. But the person who actually has that registration, that block is now suing them saying, no, wait, no matter what the artist did or whatever, I'm the one that owns that. And I feel like I'm implied ownership to the blockchain. So let's just talk in general, where does the blockchain activity in the law actually hit? And, 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 you know, in, in the, in the scheme of things, do you feel like that there can be a, a reconciliation between what's happening on the blockchain and what happens say in a legal court system? I hope that there can. I think both systems would need to move uh, and, and make some compromises. Um, I think a lot of people use the blockchain and they have this idea that they're circumventing the legal system, but the legal system doesn't think that. <laughs> and so it's going to reach yeah. in to to uh, you know the blockchain community as much as it can. I mean, there is uh, an issue with enforcement there, but you know we've we've seen go after private keys before. And if you're a known, if if you're associated with your address, like you you will be dragged in to the legal system. Um, or if you're Sotheby's, you're like now now they're party to that lawsuit. Um, and I'm I'm not sure of the details, but like they could have gotten dragged in because maybe they don't know who the original artist was, um, or or the original thief. <laughs> um, so. I do think that it would also it would take the the traditional legal system, hopefully enacting some legislation or at least courts recognizing what it means to have to to have an address on a blockchain, and then have that address be be mapped to a token. Um, and I I think that would do some heavy lifting. I feel like what's happening now is in so many cases everyone's just kind of assuming to their benefit, unfortunately, and that's why I think I really wanted to have this discussion with y'all. I really appreciate y'all deep diving into what's allowed for our Mooncat owners like myself, so that way we can know exactly what's going on because this discussion isn't had enough. And then whenever things actually happen and the value comes there, suddenly you know, oh, I can, I'm the creator. Can I just sell the movie rights or whatever? That becomes this kind of big contention as far as who owns what. Um, there isn't. The, let me just ask blatantly. There isn't a Mooncats V1, right? Like, no one's going to come and rug us, right? Uh, 
no, no, there's not at all. Yeah, <laughs> we we um, launched once. We've made other mistakes, but that is not one of them. <laughs> um, the funny thing is, is um, there is a Mooncats version one for better or for worse. And we've talked about this a little bit, but um, one of the reasons that Mooncats struggled a little bit in the early days is there wasn't actually any money coming in from the project because the uh, Genesis sales, the black and white Mooncats, were originally intended to fund continued development, additional marketing. Um, and that ETH went to the burn address. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, we, we implemented a mechanism for people to, to buy NFTs while burning ETH. It's good for everyone. And then there's the ecosystem, right? And the wrapper, the official wrapper, that supports that. Whenever you acclimate your cat, that supports the project, right? Which is really important. So everyone out there, if you haven't acclimated your cat, you know, jump on board. It's it's the most fun Web3 application I've ever used. I will say that. And we love how it I love how it works with every hard wall. And I can't tell you how many times I use my little treasure with one of these apps and it doesn't work and I get upset. So y'all did a great job with that. So everyone out there, acclimate your cat so that way it can support the project as we move forward. But yeah, I, there's that, there is that kind of that issue where y'all had to scramble and then backfill to get this all put together. And did y'all, have y'all seen any edge cases where maybe there is some sort of enforceability or, or there is some sort of conflict where this is kind of pushing it or were y'all trying to really be preemptive? Were y'all really trying to get ahead of the wave as y'all put together these, the, the license and these rights and put together the community side? Uh, it's more trying to get ahead of it. I, I'm not familiar with, with any uh, past or present Mooncat litigation. Um, I think people probably jumped the gun and just assumed they had rights. Um, uh, but, uh, and so in, in that sense, it was reacting to the community, but it was preemptive in the sense I, I don't, remember seeing any conflicts do we have rights to the loot prints i'm actually uh so the loot prints as derivative works would would probably fall under um the same license the same license but and then accessories i guess come become their own question right they fall under the license for sure so yeah the the artist maintains the copyright in in their accessory but as, as insofar as it's on a mooncat, it's a derivative of the mooncat, and the mooncat owners can can show that accessory in that context as much as they want. Oh, that's fantastic! So, so this really is an ecosystem. Like y'all built it out, like the Apple user terms or whatever for a developer. Y'all really built this out. So whoever builds on it kind of has the benefit to the community. That's a- absolutely excellent. Um, I I will caveat though, um, for you to have the rights to an accessory, your mooncat has to actually own it. Uh, so, for example, you could not go to the boutique, preview an item on your Mooncat, and then decide to print it on a shirt. That would be mm, a big gray area. <laughs> you can't uh, launder IP either through the boutique. So if you put something in there that you don't have rights to, it you don't automatically get rights to it. And then that means that the, the Mooncat owner with that accessory also wouldn't have rights insofar as that the uh, accessory designer didn't have them. So, um, you know, if someone decided to put Mickey and Minnie ears into the boutique and then the mouse house came after us, um, those accessories would no longer be visible on marketplaces like OpenSea. And I mean, we do give you tons of warnings about the way that we handle um, accessories in the boutique, in the designer before you start designing. When you go to submit your accessories, like it is in tons of places at this point because we never want a designer to feel like we have inadvertently rubbed them. So, 
Yeah, and it's it's worth just uh, clarifying this a little bit more because there there is some confusion around the verification step of accessories. But once you publish your accessory, it is on chain. Ponderware cannot do anything to it other than flip that switch of whether it's verified or not. And that allows it to go and be displayed in the official metadata and on sites like OpenSea. Um, so even though we might not verify your accessory, it's on chain and you can access it. That image data is there. And you know, down the road, other communities can can create their own viewers. And and even though it might not be on OpenSea, who have their own terms of service that we try to abide by, um, you can go see your your image data, and it'll be on the blockchain. So that's really cool. But I, I guess one thing that kind of pops in my head as we're having this conversation is it all it ends up being this kind of gray area until like the rubber hits the road and the, the the courts start getting involved, right? Because especially in this community, we're really big on the whole character cats. Could, you know, Disney come back around and go, hey, that one looks like Simba or something like that, or that looks like the Cheshire Cat. We're all we're all big on these character cats. Is 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 that maybe a consideration that there's some sort of crossover IP type situations just by the labeling we use and what the community builds around? Or is, is this where you're more talking about like the actual like image of Mickey like cropped out of like the car, like the movie or something like that and based it on where it's a very blatant IP type uh, violation? Yeah, I, I'm more talking about putting something very obvious as an accessory um, and then attaching it to your Mooncat. I don't think Disney would have any ability to, to make claims um, that Mooncats themselves are infringement of, of anything they own. They, you know, down the road, who knows? It's it's Disney, but they they might ask a Mooncat owner to not describe it as a Cheshire Cat in a commercial context. Um, but that Mooncat itself, they they can't touch. And if they do, they can, uh, you know, they'll have to pry it out of our our dead cold hands as a community. Yeah, that's where the blockchain actually comes in, right? So, uh, yeah. But, well, let's talk about the so so. I think that's interesting. You say like you know D- Disney often finds the edges on this, right? They define the edges sometimes when it comes to copyright IP, that sort of thing. And but at the end of the day, a lot of this, all copyright is, is us as a society saying that we're willing to grant this monopoly, this exclusive license to someone because it thinks it's bettering, you know, the the world. That there's a social convention around wanting to inspire creators. Seems like that's y'all's angle that y'all are really going for when you put together the Mooncat license is that you wanted to have a place where creativity could thrive and inspire creators. But as we're moving forward in, you know, this kind of NFT boom era, we're seeing people that are more kind of on the the cash out persuasion, right? They want to make sure that they're maintaining maximum rights possible. So that way, if their project gets big, that sort of thing, they can capitalize on those rights. Do you feel that this is a situation where where we have that there will be a consensus? And obviously, y'all don't know. So I'm just kind of asking spitball opinion. Where you think a consensus is going to naturally form and that it'll be kind of this kind of peaceful resolution or do you feel like at the end of the day for us to really define where these edges are, it is going to take court cases. It's going to take regu- very direct re- regulation. It's going to take moving into that legal process to get to a point where we, we the gray kind of goes away some. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And yeah, as, as you said, I, I, I have no idea. I think we will see uh, court cases pop up because people are going to get hurt uh, and there's going to be, um, things that were were given or bought that it wasn't clear what was given or bought, and people are going to disagree, and eventually someone's going to find it beneficial to go cry to uh, a state. Uh, I don't mean to put that pejoratively, but they, they will they will use the legal system um, to to try to 
rectify whatever conflict um, they're involved in. And yeah, I mean, st states are still here. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people in the blockchain space like don't ever want to go to a legal system or a state uh, for for help or or in defining their rights, uh, but they're here, and I I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the future. So I would say, yeah, like court cases are probably going to be important. But again, if you want to go like live through a VPN and in a jurisdiction that doesn't care, um, you could probably get away with a lot. So on that point, a lot of what people want to talk about now in the NFT space is kind of like this metaverse concept, which to me just means people that are living online all the time want to be defined by an online identity, kind of care more about impressing people in their online social space than maybe their real world social space. And they want things to express themselves digitally that they have ownership in in that space. As we move forward on that, though, that's really disconnected to where the legal world is now, which is a real meat world, like in world type thing. And it does feel like a bit of a wild west where there's this huge divide between how we're going to define ourselves in the digital world and how we had to define ourselves in the regular world. Personally, I think it's just a lack of regulation and, and how this hasn't really been defined that's left it so open. But do you think that us on the NFT side have more of a responsibility maybe to, quote unquote, we always throw out do your own research every time we have a good idea, right? But like to really actually do our research and to make sure that we're staying ahead of these sort of things. So that way, if we do want to create or use or whatever, we don't end up getting caught under a bus at some point. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, there's a responsibility of, of people who are uh, developing these projects to be clear about what rights are, are given and which rights are retained. Um, as much as people want to pretend that they, they exist uh, detached from, you know, the, the quote-unquote legacy world, uh, it's just not the case yet. And I'm not even sure in a lot of ways that's that's preferable. You know, if, if, if Facebook's meta takes off, you know, Facebook's just going to have their own system that you can't really challenge. And like Twitter with the, the verified, you know, profile, picks uh or nfts like that doesn't mean they have to let you do that they could you know if they don't like your nft they could just ban you as well or like they do with mine they the little hexagon cuts off my poor little moon cat's foot and i and i was upset about it for like a day or two i was like nope nope can't be using that one why'd they pick it <laughs> drives us crazy we we've been trying to design some accessories for the hexagon and the hexagon sucks is that's I'm going to leave it there. I, I'm, I totally feel you. That's that's the reason why I'm being represented by a toad right now. As you can see, this little hair like crops to the hexagon or whatever. I totally feel you. Anyone who's obsessive like I am about the way the moon cat looks, I was like, no way. But oh, well, this means I have to get a tattoo or something instead, right? They go to the real world to represent myself with my moon cat. So uh, that that this uh, this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate y'all jumping on and talking to us about what it means for us as uh, me rights holders and, and what it means for us as Mooncat holders. If no, nothing else, how approachable y'all are on this subject and anything related to Mooncats, I think is the real value around the project. I mean, y'all do great dev work and, and we love all the innovation, but how accessible y'all are and how willing y'all are to have this kind of discussion is I, I really I really appreciate it because I've definitely gone into other NFT communities and I'm like, hey, you know, why isn't their rights spelled out on your webpage? 
you know, is there something I'm missing? Is there a link or whatever? And they're like, no, just go away. Like, you know, we're all going to make money. You're getting in the way of the floor price discussion or something like that. And the guy got kind of get pushed away trying to get into that side of it. Y'all have already always been very accessible. And the fact that you're willing to give us this time to jump on is very appreciated. Um, I, I definitely want to talk a little bit about, is there anything else that you feel like that we need to be talking about or thinking about in regards to media rights and the Mooncat project? I don't, I don't have anything else to add. I'm, I'm excited to see where everything goes. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to other communities experimenting as well. The experimentation is the fun part, right? And the innovation that we're seeing around this in the space. Um, I know uh, Cat Dad, Cat Dad's out there. He's been talking for a while about making a Mooncat movie. And I feel like that's going to be the absolute test of the the Mooncat commercial right and where we go in pop culture on the Mooncat <laughs> side. So um, no, no pressure, Cat Dad, but we're looking forward to that. So. Funny you should mention that. I would love to watch a Mooncat movie. I couldn't even <laughs> dream like back in 2017 that that would even be something that anyone was discussing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm already re- ready to sign legal. I want my cat in it. Like, let's 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 get it together. Like, you, you know, like th- that that'll be the next thing, right? Is us figuring out how to collaborate and working around it. And maybe that's where projects go next is helping the users between each other work out the legal uh, legal framework so that way they can collaborate on these projects. Um, so my partner on the podcast, uh, uh, Mr. Dirk Dake, uh, who's been quietly listening, he knows I'm the guy that nerds out on this out of the two of us. So thank you, Jeremy, for allowing me to lead a little bit here. But he has a oh, wallet yeah. for me to use that um, that I write stories about. And we always have to go back and forth like the handshake agreement we have for the use the rights. Um, but you, he comes more from a top shot world where, you know, you don't own the rights to like a LeBron James. So this is, this is all something for you from a collector standpoint, Jeremy, that's not something you immediately jump into, right? Oh, not at all. And, you know, you always ask me if, or I always ask you who's going to enforce it. So I, I liked hearing, you know, it, it's kind of the cross between real world and, and judicial world, but they can tell me to stop, you know, using my LeBron James moment because I don't have their permission and I get that. But my question kind of was on enforceability. Like I thought most smart contract interactions were a two party or most contracts required two parties. And so I, I didn't know how you can enforce something where it had to be a unilateral. And he kind of addressed that when he said, you know, they could not broadcast accessories to the main forum. But yeah, this was all big brain thinking and I definitely enjoyed it and, and want to thank you all for letting him. Um, ask y'all all these questions and, and talking to us. And, and another thing, too, that you kind of made me think about, and this is something, I guess, for all us all to think about as we're moving forward into this space, as more and more value comes into NFTs, I feel like this is going to be defined a lot, uh, more and more. And there's going to be more and more discussions, more and more legal battles um, as this becomes more mainstream. We saw the same thing happen with crypto where those all those people like in early Bitcoin, they're all in lawsuits now. Like if you search the headlines for anyone in early crypto nowadays, you find them like in the, 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 the news feed of getting sued here and there. And we want to make sure, you know, that the creators in the space and the developers in the space who are supporting us also get support. And so obviously, if, if there's a two-way street here and, the, and if there's some way that we can be responsible in making sure that we are protecting Mooncat's rights or we're representing Mooncat's properly. I think that's kind of on us as a community to make sure that we're doing that. So that way, you know, there isn't a bad actor that can drive down what all of our rights are worth. Because all it would take is one bad apple doing and being associated with that Mooncat brand. And that kind of hurts us all, right? And we might have even seen that in that space a little bit. And so that's something I feel like we have to keep an eye on. I know that's something that y'all probably don't want to comment on because y'all want to stay positive above it. But that's for us as the community to make sure that whenever we were wearing our moon cats on our sleeve, so to speak, that we're doing a good job about it. We're making sure that it's a, it's a brand, it's an identity 
that people want to come into, a community that people want to be a part of. And that's something I really believe in. Um, so thank you all very much for, for having that discussion and talking with that about that. I want to throw out here real quick, again, if anyone who's jumping on here late. So me and Jeremy, we're NFT Tales. Uh, that's the name of the podcast. Um, we're on every single uh, Tuesday. We publish an episode. You can find us on all the major podcast platforms, you know, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Reason FM, Stitcher, so on Google Podcasts. Um, the, the main hook of it is, is me and him talking about current events, what we do in NFT land. And then I write fan fiction around the NFTs where I'm using these commercial rights. Well, I'm not, I'm not actually selling anything yet. I'm not monetizing anything. So this is like, I maybe want to have a coffee table book one day is what my real dream is once I have enough of these things. And so, um, but I'm going on there and I'm talking about these stories that I'm building around the NFTs. So if you're interested in hearing stories around NFTs, you want to be part of our community and listen to our podcast, go ahead and jump in. We'd love to have you at any point. Um, the, thank you very much, everyone who did jump on and, and was part of this. And we look forward to to speaking and being part of it, you know, uh, Mooncat community going forward. I've heard about maybe a meetup. I would love to meet y'all some in person. So if there can be a Mooncat meetup, I will definitely be 100% on that. Both me and Jeremy will be there with the bullet. So uh, thank y'all very much for y'all's time. The, let's lead out on this one thing. Last thing I kind of wanted to ask before we, we sign off. So situation where the enforcement of the blockchain, so this blockchain is law, you know, someone steals an NFT or something like that. I've seen some projects go around afterwards and they replace the art out or something along those lines and be like, this NFT is stolen. Mooncats is completely on chain. And that's not something that they all can control, right? So there's not only the legal side, but there's this de facto side of this that's protecting our Mooncats and basically makes it so no one can come back around and take what that image is or take what those Mooncats are. Am I correct about that or am I missing something? A hundred percent. Ponderware cannot alter the image at all. Even originally, uh, what was stored on chain was a hash of an algorithm that produced the image. So you, And then your address mapped to five bytes that represented your cat. We couldn't change that or do anything with that. And now that they're also all like uh, totally on chain, uh, we can't do anything with that either. So there we go. Our cats are ours forever, right? And I really appreciate that. I, I, I definitely have one that 20, 30 years from now, I've um, you couldn't buy it from me. Like I have emotional attachment to it. I'm, I, that's something I want to make sure I have. And I pass on to my son and he can pass on to his children and all that. I, I feel like that this is the, 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 the watch or whatever, you know, the digital heirloom of our generation. And so I appreciate y'all being so proactive to protect this thing that I personally want as part of my life. I know a lot of the people here in this community are really looking forward to having as part of their life going forward. Um, so thank you very much, Ponderware. It means a lot to us that you put so much into being proactive about where we can go and what we can do with our Mooncats. So, okay, I'm going to ask you to hear it. I'm dying to ask you this. Okay, yeah, yeah. this is the big question go, I have. Go, go. Got me rights. I'm just I'm on with Ponderware. Y'all know I have to do this. So I've been collecting loot prints, and my thesis have been to go for bays over mechs. D- did I rug myself? You don't have to answer. <laughs> Uh, pause can take that. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, because the number of bays that you have on a loot print um, will tell you how much uh, equipment you can bring into battle. So even though um, different types of uh, blueprints will have their own specific uh, utility, so like a sub versus a tank versus a mech will have different advantages on the field, um, number of bays still has a big play within that sort of uh match matching going on so 
you just made my day. Thank you very much. That's that's great to hear because uh, I love them five bays. Every time I see a five bay, I'm like, okay, that, that looks like it's going to be mine. So, um, but you know, I can tell a lot of y'all, y'all prefer the mech. So I'm glad that everyone in the community has their own thesis, so to speak, about where we're going. Well, and don't forget that even after uh, Grav Ball comes out, which is the game that's going to be hitting, um, there is also Project Deep Space, um, which we have not talked a lot about. Um, but even if bays were not going to be relevant to Gravball, bays and type of ship are both going to be relevant to Project Deep Space. And before I get in trouble, that is all I'm going to say on that topic. Oh my gosh, we got real uh, Mooncat Alpha on my podcast. Uh, Jeremy, you know this. This is like the, the mo- this is my moment right now, right? Like he knows how excited I am about this. I love this project so much. Any single time, it kills him. Anytime nowadays he's looking at an NFT project and he's going through it, I always ask him the same things. Does it have good media rights? Does it have something? Does it have it outlined like Mooncats? Do they have utility like Mooncats? And he always goes, why do you ask me these questions? Now I can't buy it. Like I was going to have fun and I was just going to jump in and now you made me do the research. But, you know, the, the, uh, everyone here, I don't know if y'all, some of y'all are younger, the, the band Van Halen back in the 80s. I have this thesis about media rights. So if someone like me and Jeremy, we don't know smart contract. We can't read the smart contract. So we have to go based on indicators when we're investing in a project, um, whether there, it's being thought through, whether there's good decisions being made. So back in the 80s, the Van Van Halen kind of got made fun of back in that time period for having this crazy contractual thing where you, they wouldn't allow any brown M&Ms backstage. And that was part of the contract. Like, you had to go pick out all the brown M&Ms. At the time, it was considered like how crazy hair bands were and how much prima donnas they were. But it, it's come out through interviews since then. The reason they did that is because they were taking so much electrical equipment with them anywhere that if they went by on stage and they saw brown M&Ms in the bowl, they go, uh-oh, time to start running the lines, time to start making sure that they did the power hookup right and all that. It was their indicator, their canary in the coal mine, so to speak, if things were being running right. And I've really gotten to the point where I feel like the media rights is the same thing. If I don't see good media rights on a project, if I don't see that thought out and as part of the fact or where it's going – I'm kind of nervous to invest. And I'll tell you all, just looking back retroactively, there's not a lot of them that I've passed up because of that, that I felt like have really built a community and done great things, you know, with their potential. And so that's one place where I feel like media rights can be great just as an indicator for how much people are putting into their project and thinking through where who, what people can do with their NFTs like you all have with the Mooncat dev. So thank you all for being such a good example for me. And for allowing me to have that that kind of high watermark to compare to you all. The, the Mooncat project's a great benchmark. Uh, and we always appreciate everything that y'all put into it. And so thank y'all very much. I, I, I so I, this is basically all that I had today as far as asking y'all for the podcast. Um, and so we're about an hour now, so I don't want to keep y'all for forever, but thank y'all very much for jumping on. We'd, we'd, we'd love to talk to y'all in the future as you know, as this thing develops or things come up in this space. Um, especially, uh, Jeremy, I really appreciate, it. I know, I know you, you don't always jump on these. So thank you so much for jumping on and talking with us about the legal side of it. So that, that was really awesome. Um, it means a lot to me personally that y'all are willing to do this for us. So thank you, Pondaware, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Uh, You're super welcome. Yeah. This is fun for us. Well, good. Yeah. That's awesome. That's exactly what we wanted. So well, that's what me and Jeremy are all about, fun and positivity. So anyone, again, anyone who hasn't uh, heard, come check us out at NFT Tales on Twitter. I'm at Poofy Hair Guy on Twitter. He's at Mr. Jerkbait on Twitter. So give us a follow and we'll happily continue this. And Anyone who wants to continue this conversation, this is my thing. I love talking about uh, NFT usage rights. So I'll be on the Discord like, and we can <laughs> chat more. This is my, you know, let's do it. So 
you're like the uh, the guy at the, in the party meme who's like off by himself. It's like no one wants to talk about licensing rights and NFTs. Oh, I'm totally that guy. Yeah, I'm totally that guy. Uh, especially whenever everyone's like getting excited about one and I'm reading the contract. I'm like, no, I, there's actually a line here that just says, F you, I'm going to keep everything for myself. And they're like, no, no, shut up, Jonathan. So, you know, you got to you gotta do what you got to do. You got you to gotta make your own decisions. It's like, I, I feel like that's what do your own research really means, right, is making your own decisions. So. It's um, it's been sort of an interesting shift in the last nine months because I remember when I first joined the Ponderware team back in a back in May. It's been eighty four years. Um, no one wanted to talk about the legalities like of of NFTs or like what did did not want to acknowledge that there might be some sort of legal framework for um, NFTs. And now people are like, yeah, how many lawyers did you consult on that license? You know, inquiring minds want to know. It's like, well, three, technically. Um, But it's just, it's kind of been weird to see, like, how quickly people's thoughts on, like, does the law need to get involved with NFTs? And if so, what does that involvement look like? And just, like, the rapid changing of minds to me has been just fascinating. Well, some of that we have to admit as fans of NFTs is kind of the space that's built around it, where so many people outside the space have that negative association where we think we're all like money launderers or something like that. They just can't accept our pure, clean fun of the and love of what we have. And even the idea of like how I'm emotionally attached to my Mooncat, I mean, in that in that 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 real world space, people who think I'm crazy. Right. But at the end of the day, we know where we stand on this. We know why the value is there for us. But because they can't understand that value, there's a doubt of it. But there's a lot of money flying around. And so, oh, suddenly it's got to be the legal side to kind of, you know, get to the bottom of whoever these crooks are. And I think that's unfortunately because the way that we are presenting ourselves, I think that's why rights and NFTs do need to be part of the conversation. And the default should be if you buy the NFT, you get the commercial rights, because that will give us all a use case to talk about going forward of why you want an NFT, why a regular person would want to get into this market that anyone can understand that's really already in our culture already. Whenever you divorce those two things and you're just owning a piece of the blockchain and all that, then you're getting to something kind of esoteric that a lot of people are not going to be able to wrap their mind around and not see real value in. And then when they question that value, then they run to the, the worst case scenario in their head. And so I think that's one place why I want to have this conversation, why it's so important to me to keep pushing this envelope. All right. All right, Jeremy. Uh, 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 or my Jeremy, uh, Mr. Jerkday, did I miss anything? Uh, the, the, you know, I've been working on this one for like two weeks. What did I miss? No, I think you touched most of it. Um I mean, it, I think we did a good job. I don't know if we can open it up to Q&A since we have a little bit of time left, but I think we've touched most of what you had down. Y'all know I've been killing them. I've been absolutely like every single day I've been like, ooh, what can I ask about this and that? And he's he, I, at this point, uh, he's like, okay, Mooncast, Mooncat. But no, 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 no. He loves the Mooncast. He always have. He's, he's, he's always been a big fan ever since we got, uh, got into him last year, like right after the reveal and been on board ever since. So love this community, love being part of it. And I've been really looking forward to this. So thanks for talking about it. Yeah, I guess if there is any questions out there, I mean, unless y'all are against it, uh, upon aware, do you mind if, if maybe it will, a question or two or y'all just went ahead and move on? I'm okay either way. Got off easy this time. Yeah. Oops. You're right. You're right. I, well, I guess I am the guy in the corner talking to myself. Oops. <laughs> well, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. <laughs> hey, it makes me feel a lot better to know that one of the OG Mooncat devs is in that corner with me. Let me tell you, I, 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 so there's going to be some in-laws that are going to be hearing about that one. So, I mean, 
he has used y'all as you know the the matrix for me to or the metric for me to measure all the other i don't know how many times he's kept me from aping in on something just like he said like well what are the rights i'm like i don't know i can't find them have you gone into the discord yes i've been on their twitter their website their discord i even went in there and asked and no one knows they said you own the picture i'm like well i know that what rights do i own so it's it's definitely something that's changing again like i said i'm a collector so i when i get you know, an NBA collector, I know I don't own LeBron's likeness. So I I don't have any ownership thought in my mind other than I own whatever that mint number was. So it's a, it's definitely a different thought, but it's been interesting. Um, I know I need to get another moon cat in my collection now for sure. There you go. There's something for you to ape in on next time you want to get one of those crazy ones without good rights. We know of a good one with good rights right now. So, um, but I, I, I think also some, you brought up a good point there too. For a lot of people, that aren't thinking about this traditionally, never own copyright or never, never thought to own like IP in a song or something along those lines. This is all foreign. Like this is allows the regular person to get in on something and maybe have a piece of a value of an IP that could be worth a lot one day if there's like a Mooncat movie or something like that. And so it's great that we're exploring and have these conversations before the regular people hit the buzzsaw, so to speak, including ourselves, because that's not where you want to be. Yeah. I mean, wife, you got the cricket machine to start making shirts. You know, I got the 3D printed version of my crypto dad and I'd never even thought about what commercialization rights I had with it. Just had started printing and reproducing the things I liked. You know, you could technically print your moon cat and sell those. That is permitted under the license. My wife's probably going to be joining the discord soon then and telling everybody how many things she can print for y'all. That'd be great. That would be very cool. We um yeah, we have actually worked with uh, community members to sort of help promote their um, derivatives as they promote them. So Acid Man, who has actually uh, put up his hand that he is asking a question, he has his own Mooncat store where he has printed his Mooncats on gear. And I think pretty much everybody on the Ponderware staff has at least one piece of Acid Man's Mooncat gear. I'm wearing the hat right now. Oh, man. And I've got the mug right now, too. I I was just wearing uh, my my shy Mooncat beanie the other day, and uh, I plan on wearing my awesome new Mooncat shirt tomorrow. We're going to have to get everybody to post their specific products under the podcast tweet this week so we can get an idea of what everybody has and you know pick up any products that they like and, and see what's out there. And uh, speaking of Acid Man, we've got you on stage if you would like to ask your question. Hello, hello. Oh, man, I just got an email from work, but I'm going to make this quick. Uh, but yeah, um, since uh, I do so, so I do my shirts and stuff like that and with my store and everything. So I think my question is more of like, uh, is it possible to have some kind of... Uh, way to integrate like everything that I am part of with Mooncats, including like doing boutique items and selling stuff in my store. Like, uh, cause I have plans of like, um, you know, like giving out shirts or, uh, or discounts to like accessory holders and stuff like that. So I was just wondering if, uh, if there was like a way, if, or if there's like a method that you guys are willing to, to to create, uh, I mean, not just for me, but for whoever else is going to be thinking about doing these things in the future. Yeah, that's that's a, a great point. Um, like creating a, a dashboard 
so you can manage all of all of your mooncats and their integrations and and who you're selling stuff to yeah basically like uh like making use of uh of those accessories or popcats as utility items to you know like to bridge to bridge that and my store and whatever else that or like maybe do an airdrop of NFT, something like that. But yeah, like I think a, a dashboard that that's a that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, that is definitely something we should think about. I, I think Pause could talk about some some upcoming changes to the boutique um, that might help there. But yeah, that that would be a really cool feature. Cool, thank you. Yeah, we we are looking at um, sort of ways to attach. Um, if a wallet owns X, then they are eligible for accessory Y. So, for example, you know, both, uh, I think, uh, Digivitar and I think you, um, and there's a couple of other people have, um, specific items or specific benefits that are tied with, um, holding your Mooncat pop can. Um, and so one of the things that we want to do, and the boutique is sort of like the step one of that is, if you have a Mooncat pop can in your wallet, then you get Digivitar's, you know, gun mech version 10 as your free accessory. Um, and sort of where we go from there is sort of what we have time to program, but we definitely want that sort of to be the litmus test and to spin it out further from there um, because we definitely want to continue supporting, um, you know, the Mooncat community's right to continue to make derivatives and to reward people for holding on to your derivatives. So, you know, that is 100% in line with our intention with the Mooncat license, with our intention of, you know, uh, curators of the Mooncats ecosystem and supporting um, those people that are the most invested into their Mooncats. Thank you. Are there any other questions out there in the audience? I have to say, after I hear an answer like that, one thing that I often think about is this is early days and we've gotten to the point where, you know, we're starting to build a consensus around, you know, communities, what we expect out of NFTs. But won't this be a lot of fun where one day, like maybe our children or something are going to maybe a university course and there's the team at Ponderware uh, giving the lecture or something like that because they're the pros in the space. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing in the next, you know, year, 10 years, decades and all that as this develops and this goes more into mainstream culture and these things go from being speculative and gray area to like worked out precedent court case type situations that the textbooks that written, written all that from these early days. I mean, we're living history right now. And I always try to be appreciative of that. And that's why I really appreciate the ability to have these type of discussions. Well, and one thing that we've talked about as a staff as well is like, how do we not just in a web two way, but in a web three way, um, help other projects in terms of like, how do they want to um, situate their own rights? Where does it make sense to help them with, you know, problem A or problem B, whether it's a, a legality problem or like a community building problem or like how to be good curators of an ecosystem problem. You know, we are definitely looking at like how we share that knowledge out, not just to like, you know, our, our, exact, our, our tour of the uh, tenure track, you know, 50 years down the line at university, but also like in the now. That's so awesome. That I love, I, it's just so amazing how y'all are, are take on that, that role that you want to be good, not just good examples, but like leaders in this community. I, I think, especially when we're looking at historical projects and established projects that have been around for a while, 
Um, let's be honest, there's a vacuum being created right now. And we're really appreciative that the Mooncat team, and I, I, I want to say y'all stepped in the vacuum because I know that might have a negative connotation, but y'all been there and y'all been consistent and y'all can be kind of what, what that light at the end of the tunnel as far as whenever other people come around to look for as what their own personal high water mark can be. So thank you for always thinking above the board and thinking about those implications in the now. So any other questions from the audience? Yeah, I just want to say thank you for for promoting that as well, and 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 doing your part to to get the message out there. Um, thinking about the long term, it's kind of funny. We we recently had a discussion um, about like the fact that your NFTs will outlive you, and what does that mean, and and you know how should we approach that? I mean, if if the Ethereum blockchain is around for hundreds of years, or even you know for some people <laughs> like fifty to a hundred. Um, your NFTs will will just be out there, uh, and you won't be there. Um, and how do you plan for that? Ooh, so that's the next thing. Maybe I, we need to have an episode about like uh, doing your will with your NFTs in it, right? Like, this is so much fun. <laughs> Ooh, I got another thing going in the corner and talk about. That's great. We are uh, we are going to have a Twitter Spaces on sort of like your legacy in NFTs in the future. So definitely stay tuned for that. And John can't act like he hasn't already told me what is, you know, where his wallet key is hidden and how to help his wife get it. Like, I hate those combos, but he's like, should anything ever happen? You know, I've got three wallets, one here, one here, one here. Just make sure that she knows how to get my cat and my staker and make sure my son gets my cat. So it's it's definitely something we're going to have to think about going forward. My uh, my nephew is seven and I have basically left my wallet keys with him because um, I love my family, but none of them are technologically competent to the level that my nephew is at seven. I mean, it, that's that's almost Web3 in a nutshell, right? Like a seven year old is 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 more competent than we are all like John and I call ourselves boomers all the time. And it's a new space for us. But yeah, a seven year old can be more competent and more trustworthy is, is very believable. <laughs> Excuse me, I am not a boomer. I am an elder millennial. Thank you. There you go. Hey, I might be older than you, so I definitely wasn't trying to knock you. No, we're, we're technically elder millennials too, but you know, sometimes we feel like boomers when we get in this space, right? Like, uh, but but that's but that that's part of it. That's what makes it fun is that lively, youthful energy that is around NFTs. I don't know about y'all, but this is the thing that I keep coming back to, and it, that's the thing that I think that keeps the community so vibrant. So, and you've brought it up in previous weeks about. You know, it, saying we're all going to make it, but that's not just meaning that you're going to leave someone as a bag holder. Like when, you know, Ponderware mentions being able to help other projects to avoid pratfalls and mistakes and actually help other projects make it so that we all can benefit as as in consumers. That's the type of we all can make it together that, you know, we hope for not just there's another bag holder behind me and I'm going to flip this as soon as I can. So it's definitely a different community. And, and that's, you know, what we strive to be a part of and, and talk about every chance we get on the week. Um, in our podcast. So appreciate y'all again. Yeah. And I mean, you know, that's, that's definitely something that we bake into sort of the way that we look at our community. Like there is always going to be some discussion of floors in any of key projects, but like, you know, the, the thing that we sort of encourage a lot of discussion on is like buying and, and sort of picking the moon cats that you are going to want to hold forever. So, you know, we we always think about, you know, less about the floor price. And it's like, all right, which of these cats have moved into diamond paws this week? 
Oh, okay. So it's so you, it's. I, I thought I was the only one sitting there going, "Oh, well, this one would match that one," and ooh, there's a different color space there. That's what I love about Mooncast, though, because the rarity isn't just like a X point with zero percentage on Open Sea. We've all kind of created our own narratives around the kind of cats we want and like what we personally value. Is it 2017? Does it look like a character cat? For me, I'm like, ooh, that green matches my purple. <laughs> like, I absolutely love that about. It. I could talk for like an hour about the process that I went through to find my perfect gutter garf, but she is called Charmander and I love her for forever. I will never let her go. <laughs> and I, I love that the character cats are a complete community invention. Like in, in 2017, that was, that was not something that occurred to me that there would be uh, people would look for cats that looked like famous cats um, and I've seen a lot of other character cats thrown around, uh, you know, like cabbage cats or, you know, glittering pigs. <laughs> uh, and I, I just love the fact that the community was able to, you know, put their own narrative on the project in that way. And I love how the community incorporates at the the history and kind of the narrative around the NFT space. I mean, a lot of y'all are really savvy, and I love seeing like the accessories that are obvious rips on uh, you know or riffs on what's going on in the NFT space, or how we incorporate you know what the meme of the day is, or something like that, and and how we're presenting the cats. And so I love the co- uh, creativity in this community. And I think you know, getting back to what started this thing by having the licensing in place, by having the legal framework in place, where we have the cat box, so to speak, to play in. That allows us to, to be able to invent and to create and not be scared that there'll be some ramification one day. As someone who's doing the fan fiction and all that, it really means a lot to me to know that I, I have potential to kind of grow and do something with that and not have to worry about after the fact of, oh, do I need to go and delete these or take out these things or whatever? Because I don't actually own my cat if I do something with it. So my bad. I like to put a bow on things. So thank you very much. <laughs> right for jumping on uh thank you Ponderware, so much for jumping on do y'all have any like final announcements or something you want to tell everyone about before we end the spaces i feel like if i leak any more grav ball alpha i will be fired so i'm good <laughs> you already made my day so thank you i'm gonna go i'm gonna yeah. go look at my loop prints put them up on my screen and go you're smart you're smart no no, no we're good we're good so thank y'all very much <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you y'all so much for jumping on. Thank, I see Tustas in there. Thank you, Tustas, for get, helping get this arranged and everything. We appreciate so much everyone in this community for, for being supportive as we're getting here. I hope to continue this conversation with the community. I hope some of y'all come on. I got a really funny story for next week, for next Tuesday, around my moon cats that I'm really excited about. Y'all are really savvy. I'm looking forward I think to y'all this. like it. I don't want to, like, rug myself, but I really think that I, I put a lot of thought into this one. Like, this one's a long time coming because moon cats is my favorite project. I, was, I have this concept I call the home project. Like the one you come back to after you've kind of been out there in a while. And Mooncats is my home. Y'all are my family. So thank you all so much for everything that, that you know, we've been through together and we've done along the way. And thank you, Mooncats team, for keeping everything, you know, the ship right, so to speak, so that we can all be sailing off into some great horizon together. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. All right. Bye, everyone. You'll have a good one. <laughs>